Hey, welcome to the White Holt Show podcast. This is episode two. I'm going to talk about um, Alabama getting absolutely killed last night, 40 to 16. Um, Clemson absolutely took them down. And the Lakers won by 10 last night in Dallas. Um, I'm recording this on Tuesday um, after afternoon at 1.40. So I intended to record one yesterday, but didn't get it done. So you guys are going to get you guys current. I'm going to get current. Get you guys current with this. Um, So tonight. Clippers play Charlotte, for those who care, um, and then there's tennis in the ATP is in Auckland and Sydney, and the WTA is in Hobart, Sydney, and I think that's it. I think that's it, actually. Uh, and the Australian Open is... Um, starts Sunday on ESPN at 3.30. And, um, yeah. So, I'm kind of, I don't know who my pick, I don't have a pick yet. I'll give you guys my pick uh, maybe on tomorrow's podcast, because I will be recording one tomorrow. Um, So, yeah. And, uh, we have some some breaking news, if you haven't already heard. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury has been hired by the Atlanta, by the Arizona Cardinals to take their head coaching job. Um, this is just absolutely Bush League and bullshit. Um, you, you can't, I can't explain to you just how bullshit this is. You go, you go and look for the guy, get the right guy, but then... He turns on you, and he decides to basically um, take an NFL offer while while he was signed to be the offensive coordinator here at USC. It is not very good of him to do, but here's the thing. It's a money. It's a money thing. It's more than it is. It's a money grab. He wanted more money. So, if you're USC, you had to know what he was looking for, and you had to give you you had to give him a better offer. Um, if if you thought he was going to move, I think he was good. I knew. I thought he was going to move the entire time. I I was really sure that he was going to move. I. I had been on this, what since it was reported, was it, it was, yes, um, like Saturday or Sunday, it was reported that USC had denied him being an interview with Arizona and the Jets. Um, but here's the thing. By denying... There have been a couple people who have said that by denying him the right to interview and to take an interview, what he did was, what they did 
was make it even more likely for him to leave. And I thought about that yesterday when I heard that. I thought, you know, they're right. You know, this, that, that it is what that's exactly what happened. But then I think to myself, well, what could have Lynn Swan have done? Number one, you pay him money. You pay him enough. You pay him the money so he can't leave. That's what you do. You give him an offer he can't refuse. You write in his contract that he can't leave you. That is something that you do if you're if you're Lynn Swan. That just it just reeks of, of inexperience. It just shows the inexperience you don't have. And that's that's scary. So if you're Kiff Kingsbury, you took advantage of the fact that your AD does not know what the hell he's doing. You and you, and you knew taking the job that Kiff Kingsbury well, you knew that Lynn Swan did not know what the hell he was doing for Kiff Kingsbury. And so what you did, I'm sure that he was asked hey, um, if, if if Clay doesn't last for the whole season, uh, you're going to be the guy. You're our guy. And I'm sure that Kiff was like, no, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy because of the money he would lose. So I'm sure that that was not exactly the idea that the, the idea that he was going to replace Clay was something that I always thought was going to happen since he was hired. I thought that he would be a, 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 an obvious replacement to play. It's such an obvious replacement and an obvious choice because he's already there and they don't like to have a prolonged search historically. USC has not been very good at doing that. At prolonging the search and making the search as national as possible. I thought it fit USC's usual game plan. And I'm not saying that they should have got, they should go, that they should continue it. What I'm saying is, that's just what they would do. They went after, when they, when Pete Carroll left for Seattle, they hired um, Lane Kiffin, who was on Pete's staff for a while. And then they hired, they fired Lane Kiffin on the tarmac of the LAX airport. Or maybe it wasn't in, was it in Tempe? I don't know. Tucson? Wherever. In Arizona, they got absolutely taken down by Arizona State. And that was the last game we ever saw him as the head coach of USC for good reason. Um, and then we... And they fire him, and then we get um, Steve Sarkeesian. And that didn't go well because he came to a event drunk. He came to the Men of Troy, what's it, like the Men of Troy dinner, so whatever that donor thing is. And he came drunk, and then it got recorded, and then they fired, then like, they got killed against Washington, and apparently he was drunk at that game, and then he got fired, and then they, then they pointed Clay as, um, interim head coach they gave the interim tag then they win did they win? did they beat Wisconsin at Holiday Bowl that year? I don't remember then they play the Holiday Bowl 
they look okay in the game, and then they they pulled interim tag from Clay, and then they and then they take the tag away, and then they give him the head coach, then they give him the, then they promote him right away. So when people say, wasn't this good? Wasn't this gonna happen? The answer is no. They knew going into this what Kiff Kingsbury wanted. And they could not they could not avoid that. They had to make it happen. They chose not to do that. That's their fault. They didn't want to make it safe. They didn't want to go through with it. That's on them. No one else. And it just goes on it goes to show you that they didn't didn't give a shit. And when you don't give a shit, there becomes consequences. When you think that you're not, we think, oh, we got him, we got him. He's not gonna go anywhere. He got what he wanted. Um, he basically snookered um, Lin Swan. He got what he wanted. So USC is in a bad situation because a lot of the jobs have already been taken. So you're, so you have, you don't really have any options. Uh, you. You really don't, and, it, and it's going to be a real shame. But then, this is what happens. This is what happens when you hire, when you keep Clay, and when you hired him in the first place. Sam Darnold is not there anymore, obviously, right? So, last year proved to us that Clay Helton is not a good coach. Clay Helton, the only reason why Clay Helton was any, was any, had any success at all was because Sam Darnold balled out in big games. And they didn't, he, let's rephrase this. He didn't actually ball out in the Rose Bowl game, which I actually went to. I saw that. I went, I went to that game. But he didn't exactly ball out. But what he did is he, he made them a contender. He, he pushed the envelope. And he made them, he made the team believe. He put the team on his back. Could TJ, could JT Daniels do that? We have no idea if he could or not. Because we hadn't seen it. And I just, just, I just question who he is. Because everybody coming out of high school is like, oh, he's the guy, he's the guy. And then you go, when you, you start him as quarter, at quarterback, and you go five and seven. And he got absolutely killed. Um in the pocket, like absolutely got exposed, so you don't, so you don't, so you don't acknowledge that, you, you, you don't put the blame on yourself, you fire T. Martin, which was a great idea, because T. Martin was not a good coordinator, he's not, it, it, it was obvious that he couldn't, it's obvious that, that he was not able to get the Tennessee head coaching job, based upon what he did at USC, like, we don't want you, and I just worry, because it's like, I just don't think it matters. I just don't think that this, that what Clay Helton did, and Sam Donald was here. I think we have to. I think we have to put everything as separate. We make everything separate. We have to say Clay Helton was a better coach while Sam Donald was there, and Sam Donald made him that way. Sam Donald has the leadership, had the leadership qualities, put the team on his back. When Clay Helton couldn't, which was obviously the majority of the time, um, Clay Helton put the put every Clay Helton was unable to put the team on his back 
and show him, show them that he was in control. He's been unable to do that since he's been there. Um, the team might have his back, but who knows who now because the players were publicly calling him out. We're like, uh, we we weren't tough enough. We weren't tough enough. And they weren't saying that. They were saying that the whole. They were saying we. They weren't saying I. They were saying we, which tells me that they don't think they were tough enough as a team. And that, that is Clay Helton's fault. Because you can't blame a whole team, okay? That offense is weak, okay? That offense got absolutely torched. In the second half against Texas, they got beat down every big game they had. Sam Darnold was absolutely torn up against Ohio State in that um, Cotton Bowl. He was torn apart. Whenever USC goes up against a decent coach, a good coach, they get killed. So whose fault is that? Every game you get out coached, you think you should stay? You think you deserve it? Watch it. You don't. You have not deserved it. And just just for, for Lynn Swan to publicly endorse him and to say that I'm, I, I'm all in or whatever, that just shows inexperience. And it reeks of, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't want to make a decision. I can't make a decision right now because I'm afraid because I don't have a president. Now, who fucking cares? If you don't have a president, I don't care. You hire the right guy and everything takes care of itself. Stop hiring for your GM, for their, as an AD, stop hiring former USC players. Just stop doing that. Stop. Same thing with USC coaches. Don't hire guys who have been in, in the system. Let them go. Don't do it. Don't hire guys who've been in the system. Don't hire them. What if that? What is this? What? What is you hire? The last coach that won you anything was Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll had nothing to do with USC when he was hired. So therefore, I think you know exactly what's going on. You don't want to make that important decision, and you don't want to do it. And the reason you gave was ridiculous to me. It's absolutely ridiculous, and. It has zero, zero, zero merit on it. It should have zero merit on the, on the decision. Rather, that you don't have a president. Who gives a shit? That's your job to hire them. You're, you can hire them. You go in the room and recruit. <coughs> Excuse me. You go in and recruit your coaches. You go do that. Try to get the best one for the job, which you totally messed on, messed, messed up on. You could have had Chris Peterson, who is whose teams are always competitive, and they win about 95% of their games. This season, Clay Hilton had only won, let's say, about 20 or 30, which is not which is not okay. In a conference that is really bad, and you were picked two in the conference. You were picked one in your division, but you were picked two as a whole. You're telling me you go five and seven, and that's okay. I highly, highly, highly disagree with that. And I just don't understand. You hire... You hired the wrong guy. 
when 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 Pat Hayden hired Clay Helton, that was a safe hire. You know what? I, I thought you know he'll be here for a year. He's done. He'll be here a year and uh, he's gone. And because you haven't made a decision, Pat Hayden's gone. You don't have to keep him. He's not your guy. So what are you holding on for? I mean, I don't understand. What are you holding on for? It's ridiculous. Um, and there's something wrong with um, with Lynn Swan because they have no they have no offensive coordinator. They have no representation on the offensive side of the football. They have they they were the offense was just really bad, boring, and boring to watch this season. It's just not okay and. I think I think what you're gonna see is season tickets dropping big time. They already dropped a lot of the attendance was horrible. By the time Notre Dame came to town on Thanksgiving weekend, no one was there. I, I know people who who were there, and they said they said that there was no one there, but it was really empty, and that there was a lot of Notre Dame fans, uh, which is. Not, which is very, 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 um, just very, uh, it, it's very disappointing to me because when that Coliseum is bumping in September, from September to the middle of November, there's nothing like that. And so when, when it's not, it's really, really, really disappointing to me. And I am not a fan of what they're doing because I think that they're not they're not putting fans they're not putting fans first. They should be putting the fans in the program first and the recruits. The top the, those three things are the most important things at USC. And do you think anybody's gonna donate money now? No. Because your team is going to be horrible. You're, you, you're going to lose players. Your recruits are going to go to hell. They're going to go somewhere else. And then you're just going to have to eat it. Ridiculous. You know, it, it's not okay. So I, I, I just think that they have to be willing to understand they made a mistake. And the mistake you made is... By not forcing him, you knew he was looking. But here's the thing. Here's the one thing I'll defend Lynn Swan on. No one would assume that when you hire someone, a coach, no one for an assistant job, a coaching job, whatever, in any sport, no one would assume that they, with the new hire, would stab you in the back go somewhere else. No one no one would think that would ever happen. And it just proves the change in the NFL. That there's a change. Um, there's a change in the NFL. And that um, the college and pro are not are not as different as they once were. That's all this proves. And that's basically what it boils down to. And so, what I'm not, what I'm not, what I don't understand, if you're the Cardinals, excuse me, why didn't you hire 
a coach who got fired from his alma mater. He got fired from Texas Tech. That's very hard to do. Get fired from your alma mater, and then you go to NFL. It's just an odd. It's just really weird to me. The whole thing is weird, and, and I think fans and players deserve, and the uh, and the rest of the staff deserve more of the stories to come out. We all just need. We all deserve to know what happened. And if they are not able to give us that, then I think that there's some there's a serious issue I have. And the issue is that you didn't you didn't you didn't handle this right, uh, Mr. Cliff Kingsbury. If I if I didn't want to go to USC in the first place, why did I sign? Now I think that I've heard this from someone this morning, this a, early this afternoon, that they think that Kip Kingsbury took the USC job because he didn't know for sure if he would get an NFL job. So he thought he would keep it. You'd never hear a guy do that. That's what I think happened on his end. But as if you're Lynn Swan, you have to know those things. You have to know, you have to know what they're looking for. And you have to pay attention to what's around you and what might come about. And they just completely, completely just fucked up and pretend and were pretending that this doesn't matter. That you can hire a coach, an assistant coach, whatever, coordinator, who gives a shit. And that you would were and that you would not look into well, you could. We would not look. You would not pay t- more attention to the agent and everything else, because what this is, this isn't. This is the agent. I'm sure the agent said this. I don't have. I'm not. I don't have it confirmed. I'm gonna. I'll ask tomorrow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go around and find out. Get some sources, but we'll go out tomorrow and go find out. But I think that what had happened is, I'm sure that the. Um, his agent said, hey, um, go look. Not all, not all the jobs are taken. Go look. And you'll get more money. Uh, just go look. Because I think the agent knew that Lynn Swan was full of it. I think the agent knew that once Lynn Swan was reportedly said, I want you... Excuse me. To replace Clay, if he if he if he gets fired or leaves, and I and you're the one I want. Well, then here's the thing. The red flag I have is, what's the reason? What's the reason why this wouldn't be okay with Cliff? Cliff, Cliff, Cliff whatever you say, however you say his name. What's why wouldn't it be okay with him? The only thing I could think of is that. On the football landscape does not trust Kingsbury. They trust him, but Kiff doesn't trust Lynn Swan. And that's what I think happened. I think some trust was breached. Maybe by both sides, or maybe on one side or the other. 
and that's what happened and that's that to me it's going to be a huge deal to me now I was all for the Kingsbury hire because I thought that USC needed to shake it up and do something different you know for once don't hire the same dudes over and over again and you know blah 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 don't do that anymore you have to hire guys who will get your recruits in the door they didn't have to be that worried about it before but now they now they do because now you have a run your the coliseum is being renovated it should be completed by um by september and it just seems as though it seems as though they're not paying attention to what to what to what you should be paying attention to they're not they're not they're not vetting this they're not vetting they're not vetting their 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 the, the applicant they're not make they're not making smart decisions because everybody if you knew if if you knew if clay if you knew if kiff wanted an nfl job if you knew that why even hire him the whole point is so that you can keep is you want to keep him so why did you hire him? Didn't you know what was going to happen? Didn't you know that what he wanted? Because I knew that. I knew. I, I heard some reports and I've heard, listened to other podcasts and other radio shows. And I just, and I know people in the business. And they're telling me that Kingsbury had wanted an NFL job all along. And that he had been looking for that fit and it just seems like tone deafness on the part of Lynn Swan. You need to pay more attention. I mean look, there's one thing that could have happened. I'm not sure if this really happened, but you could, but it wouldn't shock me if it did. You could say, well, uh, I think that, um, you know, that, that what had happened may have been one of the other reasons could be that it was a straight money, straight up. But if you're Kingsbury, why did you take the offer? I mean, what's up? What the hell is going on with this? And it just seems ridiculous to me. It just makes me so angry that this happened because now the football program is in disarray. If it hadn't been already, it it, it, it now it, it pretty much is now, and it just makes me nervous. And for people who um, think about it the other way, for people who are saying, "Well," um, didn't you know that he wanted the... Didn't you know what he was looking for? But here's the point, though. We don't know enough to know that. We don't know enough to know what he was looking for. I have a feeling that I know what he was looking for. But I don't know for sure what he, what he, what he was actually looking for. And that... <coughs> that's... That just annoys me. That, that, I, that, that people are like, well... You know, why, why did you... Why, why don't why didn't they report this? Well, because 
I think they were waiting for him to be. I think the I think what was what was happening there. They were waiting for him to get a job or not get one. And today he didn't. And today he got the Cardinals job. Today it was about two hours ago, maybe two and a half hours ago. I, I was reported to me. My mom called me. She said, "You're gonna be really mad." I'm like, "What?" Kingsbury got the the Arizona job. Like, Shit. But you know, yeah, it, it just annoys me, and I and I don't and I don't really want to. I, I don't know what to think about this season because think about it. UCLA is gonna be bad. Hell, they have a better coach. Uh, they they have they're be, they're more they're well coached. They this is the first season with. With, with with Chip Kelly's players, um, it's not it's not just the USC show anymore um, because UCLA is putting up is put up. Here's the thing: UCLA put up money for something ten years ago they would have never maybe and even five they would have never put up money for, and that is a big name head coach, a big splash. They would never have done that. Five, between five and ten years ago, they or, or ever the last the, the, the last like three coaches before him were Carl Durrell, Rick Neuheisel, and Jim Mora. Um, and I don't give Jim Mora any credit for what happened of Josh Rose for, for the success under Josh Rose. I give all that success to Josh Rose because why? Because Jim Moore couldn't do a damn thing when Josh Rosen wasn't wasn't healthy. They couldn't do a thing. So I give all that credit to Josh Rosen. And to me, and the idea that Kingsbury wants to wanted to take the wanted for the job tells me he thinks he can work with Josh Rosen. Tells me that he sees something, and that he sees something that Josh could improve on, that he could help him with, or something. Because Josh Rosen is not a bad quarterback. He was—he just had nothing around him this year, and and a, and a questionable offensive coach at best. Okay, just question it was all these questions surrounding him, and they hired a guy. I think they hired a guy just to, just, they sometimes I think football team, sometimes I think these teams in the NFL hire coaches, African-American coaches, just to um, comply with the, they interview guys just to comply with the Rooney Rule, and then they get, and then they hire um, this dude, who I can't, Steve Wake, Steve Wake, uh, Wake, I don't know how the hell he say his name. But all I know is they fired him after a year. And people are saying you should have given him another chance, should have given him another chance. It's it is, he's he's black, you should give him another chance. It has nothing to do with race, okay people? What it has to do with it's a performance based business. So if you don't produce, if you're black, white, Persian, whatever, I don't care. If you don't produce, you don't produce, and that just should be what happens. It's a production-based business, so I don't care whether or not they're black, white, purple, or green. It, it, it does mean it, I, I don't care. 
the white, it's a black, white, purple, or green. Because it's a production-based business. So if you are not able to produce, then you shouldn't be fired. Just like everybody else is. Why, why do we care? Oh, they fired him after a year. Uh, they shouldn't have done that. Uh, you know, how, how, they don't know what they're doing. Blah, 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 blah. Well, people, for God's sakes, pay more attention. Pay more attention to what is going on around you. Stop playing the fucking race card. If you, if you want a good coach, you want a good coach. Okay? So, we got Marvin Lewis fired. Well, if you're not, if Marvin Lewis hadn't made the playoffs in years, in about years, hadn't won a playoff game in 16 years. But that's it. He stayed out, he wore out his welcome a long time ago. Um, you know, and Tad Bulls. I don't know if, this, if what happened was his fault. I have no idea. But all I know is the quarterback play under him was horrendous. And that's something that we that he should be blamed for. A little bit. A little bit. Because he couldn't surround those quarterbacks with good enough coaching. That's on the front office. Not necessarily on Bowles. Um, Vince Joseph. Shitty coach. He deserved to be fired. And if you can't... And you, and you paid all this money to Case Keenum. If you couldn't... That was a bad idea from the beginning. You haven't been able to draft a quarterback. Um, John, well, here's the thing with that, though. It's actually John Elway's, pretty much John Elway's fault. Because John Elway drafted, um, uh, he, he drafted Trevor Simeon, and he drafted Paxton Lynch. Neither one are NFL quarterbacks. And so, you drafted the two of them. And you're still the GM. You're still running the ship. And you fired the head coach. But here's the thing. Vance Joseph was not a good coach, though. That's the thing. Vance Joseph was not a good coach. That goes to, that goes up to right, right up to my point. I don't care... If you're purple or green. If you can't coach, you can't coach. And I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep saying it. Cause it's the damn truth. If you can't coach, you can't coach. And there's there should be no there should be nothing it doesn't have to do with race, doesn't have to do with your skin color, doesn't have to do with your sexual orientation, doesn't have to do with your gay, straight or bi, or whatever the hell you are, or both. Who cares? All it has to do with that you is performance, and I'm gonna say that till the end of time because because you're gonna hear me say that all the time because that's what I don't think people pay attention to. They pay attention to to the reason why someone got fired that has nothing to do with football. Nobody's paying attention to the football reason, and the NFL is a business. So even so, even that to me is something. The NFL is a business, and you you can't I can't overstate that. Okay, I can't. 
the NFL is a business, and if you have coaches who are not, if you hi, if these teams are hiring coaches who aren't doing a good job, well then bye. Because what happens is you hire the coach, and then you give them a year to work to coach, and you see what happens. Now here's the deal. I know people who have said to me, well. uh, Arizona shouldn't have fired him. Uh, he, he, he was he just needed another year. Well here's the thing. I get that. But here's the problem. What did you give this coach to do? You gave him nothing. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're gonna fire Kiff Kingsbury. You're going to fire him. Hell, does that mean that after a year and you find out that it didn't work? And you find out it doesn't work. Are you going to fire Kingsbury after a year? Because if that happens, that will annoy and piss off every USC fan in the entire country. And it should. Because there's, after what we saw of Arizona, their coach, with the, with the head coach that they hired a year ago, and they fired him a year later, that does not mean that Kingsbury necessarily will be in Arizona that long either. Because they have to draft. Their their receivers suck. Their their Larry is gone. That guy I mean he he should retire. Why do you want to be tied to that? Excuse me, why do you want to be tied to that? He should be fired. Okay? You know, why do you want to be tied to a shitty organization for the rest of your life? Um, he doesn't have any any game left. He, he should retire. He has nothing left in his legs. He's got to go. Um, but I just look at this and I and I and I just think of why did you t- what, what on, in this job? Why it just baffles me. Uh, you know why did you what? Why like what's what's the difference? You know um, the Lakers go we're going to the NBA now. The Lakers won in Dallas last night by 10. And the Clippers play Charlotte at Seaple Center tonight at 7.30. Um, the Timberwolves fired Tom President and General Manager and Head Coach Tom Thibodeau. I say he's the General Manager because he really had that power, Okay. He really did. I know he's not credited as a GM, but he really, really had more power from the GM, okay? I, I, I'm just saying that. I, I really think he had more power because why, if you had more, if you had all this power, why would you, why were you able to convince Todd Gibson to come there and, and fucking Luol Dang, all these former um, bulls you had? Why? Derek Rose, I mean, come on. He had a lot of power within the organization while he was there. And if and if someone tells me, oh, he doesn't, oh, oh he, he doesn't have that power or whatever. You guys are wrong. Because there's no reason why you would hire um, why you would why you would why, why you would hire why you'd have Tom hire Tom Thibodeau and say that he's the coach and president. But then Thibodeau brings a lot of Bulls players along the way. 
acquire they they have they, they magically acquire all these Bulls players along the way. Well, you tell me. You tell me why that is. I'm just not buying that the GM in Minnesota had a whole lot of sway while Tom was there. Because if he did, I don't understand why I don't understand why the GM would just say, you know, Luol Deng is washed up. The Lakers made a mistake. <laughs> We're not going to make the mistake. You know, and and I, I just think it's just incredibly obvious what the situation was. And people aren't exactly understanding that. And so I just feel like Thibodeau had so much control over the team in general. I just, I just don't see another another reason. I just I feel like they you fire him now after your team beat the Lakers by was it thirty something ridiculous and you fire him. But what you did now you guys have to find a new coach and the president and you're not gonna do it in the middle of the season. That it, you, you never hear of guys being hired in the middle of the season. You, you never hear of that. The only time I remember that happening was when Tommy Rudy Tomjanovich had health issues and had to had to resign from the Lakers. When they fired Mike Brown and they brought in D'Antoni, it just it just you know. This is the only two times I ever heard it happen. And so it, it's, it never happens during the season like that. So they're not going to have a coach and they're not going to have a, a president at least until May. At least, probably. At least May. They're not going to have a coach. They're not going to have a president until at least May. So um, good luck in Minnesota. Good luck to Minnesota. So this, this is just a stupid move right now. If you don't like what he's doing, how about you wait until April? Because you're not going to make the playoffs no matter what. Because you're not... Because you weren't able to... You had no chemistry on your team at all. And it wasn't just Jimmy Butler either. It was the whole team. You know? Call Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. Don't give a shit. So if they don't give a shit, they're gonna stop playing for you. And so guess what? I, I did think more of it. Moral of the story is Tom Thibodeau lost the room. He lost the ability to be able to be in control of the situation without yelling. And obviously, Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns aren't the type that are able to take that. So. You know, I mean, and you don't have Jimmy Butler, so guess what? You weren't going to win anyway. Because you lost, you, you gave up, you gave up something in a, tra- a big piece in a trade. Granted, it couldn't have coexisted, but that's the price of doing business in the NBA, is making things work and making your star happy. And you weren't able to do it, Tom. If anybody had the, the ability to persuade Jimmy... It was you, because you had him in Chicago, too, and you drafted him there. So, if anybody had any... If anyone was able to persuade 
persuade Jimmy Butler it was was going to be Tom Thibodeau, and he wasn't able to do so. So I mean, why are we surprised? I just think it's a it's a. I just don't think they like the fact that Tom had all that control, and they didn't like how the Jimmy Butler thing ended, and they didn't like that the two rookie the two young players they drafted. They, they didn't like the fact that they weren't progressing. And that they weren't getting better. They were, they're just getting worse. And they didn't like that. They didn't like the fact that a player who made it to the All-Star game last year is, is descending completely and is going... He's, he's descending and he's going... He just, he's completely not worth it anymore. He's not. He, he's just lost all of that ability, and and a lot of people are blaming Jimmy for that, and saying if you didn't get Jimmy, you could have, might have been able to, to get Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins to buy in more. But here's the thing: sometimes you have to win in the NBA. Sometimes winning, winning is sometimes the most important thing. So there were things that they weren't doing. They weren't winning. They weren't um, progressing as a team. They weren't buying in as a team. They didn't care as a team. And they let their their best player got pissed and ran away to Philly. Got traded to Philly. I mean, it just seems ridiculous to me. And they did, and they deserve, and they're culpable in that. It is they deserve um, the culpability in this whole situation, uh, big time to me. They, they they deserve it all, and uh, it just seems that it just seems like we're blaming people, but I don't think we know what we're. I don't know. I don't understand how we're blame what we're blaming them for, and I think that the Minnesota. Coaching search. It's going to be the end of the coach GM president combo crap. It's going to be the end of that because no one wants a part. No, no one. Those never last long, and all they do is annoy the and annoy the players around them. So it doesn't help. So it's over. Um, whole idea is over. So um, if you're if you're just going to annoy the, everybody around you and make decisions. Just because you're, you know, you're petty and, and, you, and you want you want to be controlling, that doesn't work in the NBA now. Have you? Has, has anybody noticed what's happened in Chicago when they fired their um, they fired Fred Hoiberg and they promoted Jim Boylan? That's not working. Jim Boylan is Michael Carr Michael Carr Jr. Yeah. So it just yeah it, did, it didn't work. So. I'll see you guys later, okay? Hope you enjoy the podcast today. And I will see you guys later. Bye. Hey, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am recording today outside of LA Live between Starbucks and the old StubHub uh, building. So I, I today it's gonna be a little different. 
I'm going to talk about the the Golden Globes that which which was which was Sunday in Beverly Hills, and I want to ask you guys if the if the HFPA got it wrong because I think I think that we could say that they did and and how and how these, this award show this year matters zero because it just doesn't matter you have critics from Europe who are who are trying to make matter we're trying to spin the pot we're trying to get them to to make it to make to make things less and we're trying to make movies that people have watched seem less important which I don't which I don't really like so I, I just don't like them I just don't like the choices they made especially with hosts I just the whole point of it is the whole point is they they wanted to to, to, to choose hosts who weren't stirring the pot and who, and who wouldn't and they're going to do they wanted to make they wanted to hire hosts who don't stir controversy they don't stir they don't stir up and it just seems so obvious what the whole point of this was. In the political climate that we live in, you can't have you can't have um, hosts that'll bring it up and will draw their the attention to President Trump. And you can't have that. So they chose the two less least likely hosts to do that. Andy Sandberg and Sandra O. I am not a fan of Andy Sandberg. I'm not, I just don't care for him as an actor. And I, and, I, and I thought I think he's a weak choice anyway. And the other thing is you know, if you, if you are if you're Andy Sandberg or Sandra O, oh, you know why they why you were chosen because they don't want to answer to any questions. They don't want any questions and they don't want any questions. The questions I'm referring to are all are, are questions by just PR nightmares and questions and things that just you don't need to start. But they don't help. So to me, if you're doing that that then I think the award show in itself doesn't matter in general this year because of the choices, the the, the the choices that were made and the award and the, and the and who the awards were handed out to, they just make it so not appealing to anyone or anything. Um, Olivia Coleman. No, thank you. Um, whatever that actor from that show Bodyguard, which I don't think has, I don't think that show is very popular here. Um, it, it was basically a show that Netflix got the rights to from the BBC. Pretty 
effing cheap, I might add. Um, and then we have, um, and then we got um, Michael Douglas, uh, who's not winning another award. Then we and we and they and they and Roma getting um, pictures drama, which I think was really really weird because to me Roma wins based upon the fact that it was accessible to people. People were, are able to watch that. Okay? People are able to watch. And the reason that pe- people are able to watch is because it's on Netflix. Netflix acquired it. And they helped market it so they automatically acquired the rights to put it on their platform. The problem is this movie does not have there's nothing in this movie that you watch and you go yeah it's good it's good no it's, it's just boring as hell no act no acting acting had the, the actors have no talent um, it, it's just real real boring and bland movie about this Mexico City or whatever it's, it's, no one cares about that people don't care about things like that. It has nothing to do with them. They don't care. And, and, and it was directed by Alfonso Cuaron, who we know the Globes have affection for. We know that the Globes really like this guy. And he's, and he's well-liked in Hollywood in, in general, but I think the HFPA have shown a liking to him in the past. I think that's why he won. I, 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 don't, I don't consider this... It has anything to do with the movie. I just think that it's who it is, who directed it, who, who, who it has nothing to do who's behind the camera. It has nothing to do with the movie being on Netflix. Well, it kind of does, not that much. It's just the movie is very accessible. So when you have a movie that's very accessible, you everybody can watch it because everybody who works for, excuse me, Vanity Fair. Rolling Stone, Hollywood Reporter, Variety, Popcorn Talk, they all get screeners. So, yeah, and all these newspapers, all of them, they all get screeners. All of them. And the ones that didn't get screeners <laughs> probably voted for this movie. Because this movie is incredibly available. Like, it, it's available all over Netflix. So to me, people, it just just seems as though people don't understand the two reasons why it won. And if if if, if Alfonso Cuaron had nothing to do with it, they would have won. It wouldn't it would have no it would have no chance of winning. And if it wasn't on Netflix, it would have no chance of winning. It's all about making your product available making that movie available for people to see. That's how they get nominated. Now, quite frankly, that's how a foreign movie gets nominated. That doesn't necessarily, that's not necessarily how an English, a movie in the English language that's made here or in England gets nominated. Those get nominated by performance. Um, those get nominated by performance. Um, I don't think that 
a foreign language movie, it's usually, it's, I'm actually right about this, that a foreign language movie doesn't usually get this wide of an audience. Um, and it doesn't usually attract this wide of an audience. It doesn't get this much attention. Which is incredibly cool. Which is incredibly cool that a foreign language film gets the amount of attention. I personally don't care for movies that I have to read. If I have to read a movie, if I have to read them, I'm out. I just don't have the time for to read movies. It takes me too long. And the subtitles aren't on the screen long enough. <laughs> so, I really feel like aren't going to read movies like that you're not you're not it's not going to win the critics it's not going to get um it's not going to get sag and it's not getting oscars it's going to get nominated it's getting nominated for not for oscars but i don't think it's going to win i think it's going to win foreign language excuse me at all three uh sag Critics, Oscars, no particular order. I think that's where it wins. Um, maybe director because it's quite, it's pretty, it's a weak year for that. So I think director, I think there's a good chance that director uh, gets get, that, that, there, that there's that it gets it wins sweeps director. At the, at, the la, at the last three shows of the year. I, I don't count BAFTA because it's really hard to know where that's going. Um, they haven't put out their nominations yet, so you don't, you don't exactly get to look at them yet. They're not available yet. So when they are, I will let everybody know, but they're not available yet. Yeah, it just seems like uh, that 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 this that this Golden Globes has zero bearing on what um, everybody else is thinking across the board. It really, it, it truly doesn't. It just doesn't. And I think that that's just the disappointing part is that you watch the Golden Globes to give you answers, and this year it gives me. No answers. So to me, it's just just annoying. It's, like it's giving me no answers, and so I, I I still don't think we know best picture yet. So we still don't know who's getting best picture. We still have no idea who that is. Should we be surprised? I don't know. Because usually by then, by, by by now, you get a you get a you get start to get a good picture in your head of who it might be. But I, I don't. This award show did did, did doesn't make it that easy this year. It, it, but it doesn't make it easy um, to to make it to, doesn't make it easy to figure out. Um, I wish that they did. I wish that these award shows were easy to figure out and that, especially the Golden Globes this year, but it doesn't. 
it gives you it gives you, it makes you kind of oh, kind of under underwhelms you because nothing happened. Um, I mean, it was a real dull show. I mean, there there's nothing happened on Sunday night at, at the Beverly Hills that was any that was worth anything at all. Okay, Carol Burnett won, but the award was named after her. So who gives a shit? I find her old and just not not important. She's not important to me. I find her old and very not important. Um, and, I, and I don't know if I'm right or wrong. I, I really don't know. I know that I'm the only person who thinks that. I just don't think she's relevant. I just don't think it matters. That she keeps winning and all that, you know? was great that night. He really made me... He really makes you care about every movie that he's in. Which I think is incredibly important if you're, if you're a, um, an actor. So I'm going to end this, uh, this, this little episode about the Golden Globes because I don't want to go on too long because quite frankly... I think people are going to get real bored with this. So I'm going to be done with this one, okay? Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening.